This is a post-Christian podcast. Welcome to the Revolution Church Podcast. And what a lovely morning. Good morning. Good morning. We've talked the whole night through. Good morning. Good morning to you. Good morning. Good morning. It's great to stay up late. Good morning. Good morning to you. Good morning. So I updated my phone. Don't know what that. So everything's just a tiny, tiny bit different. I'm an adult now. I have Wi-Fi at my house. <laughs> Nineteen dollars a month. Nineteen. Mm-hmm. Nineteen dollars. Just Wi-Fi. That seems a little bit. No, no, that's not bad. I know some people who pay like seventy bucks. Yeah. For the packages, it's like yeah, sixty five and up, I think. So that's not bad. Well, the router cost me one hundred and fifty, so that was bad. Yep. Good morning, everybody. We're just talking shop here at the Revolution uh, <laughs> Bunker. Yep. We've bunkered, hunkered, bunkered down the cave, the Rev Cave. No, 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 Rev Cave. Ah. Uh, How was your Christmas, Jay? Oh, was that was that last week? Oh yes, I believe it was. <laughs> I don't celebrate. Two days ago. I don't celebrate the Lord's birthday in December. <laughs> it's actually in. I don't know. I used to know when it. Do was. you really think shepherds would be out in December watching their flocks? Very chilly. Um, it was good. Pete Rollins came up and visited me, and me and Pete ordered dinner and picked it up—a Christmas dinner and one that you put in the oven and nice. then heat it up. And mm-hmm. It came with a Yuletide log. Yuletide. 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 Yuletide log. Lots of funny jokes about that. <laughs> it was very tasty, though. And uh, pretty much just hung out, watched Die Hard. What else did we do? We watched Die Hard. Did you watch It's a Wonderful Life? No, bummer. No. I did not. Um, watched some really intense movie that we decided to quit halfway through and just finish the last season of peep show. Mm. Pete one. I was like, Oh, you'll love this movie. It's really intense. And then he was like freaking out the whole time. So I was like, dude, let's just put the house on. <laughs> he was freaking out. Well, and it's like a slow burn. He's like, Oh, it gets really bad. But like halfway through, I'm still like, you know, you, you've got me really tense. Oh, and it really I see. hasn't gotten bad uh-huh. yet. He's like, Oh man, it gets really heavy. And I was like, you know, what? we'll just watch another movie. <laughs> That's How funny. about we just watch another movie. Oh man. And um, he he oversold his way out of it. <laughs> yeah, he did. So <laughs> he hadn't said anything. And we were going to watch um, Lethal Weapon because that's a Christmas movie, but that was not included in my free trial for Amazon Prime. <laughs> um, not that I support Amazon because it's a free trial, obviously. <laughs> um, no, so did that. And what else? Yeah, we just hung out. Very nice. So it was nice. Talk to my sister. My sister got a bunch of presents for my my kids. My sister got a remote control f- car for my son that drives up the wall. Whoa, cool. So it has like a vacuum on it. And it's like... That's awesome. And it drives up the walls. So that's really cool. Oh, that's really cool. And what else did we do? I want to see that thing. Oh, and she got Minnie, a Barbie doll, and then she got... 
Bless you. My daughter wears glasses, so she bought a bunch of extra glasses. I don't know where she found them. A bunch of extra glasses for all of her Barbies. So oh, all the cool. Barbies can wear glasses like Minnie does. That's cute. Daddy. And what else? Yeah. So that was we did that on my birthday. That was really fun. We did Christmas for them. And then we had our Christmas together, and it was a blast. And so. Nice. Yeah, it was good. I was really happy with the kids. It's, you know, I mean, it was definitely a lockdown 2020 Christmas. Mm-hmm. You know, um, but yeah, it was really fun. Um, how was your Christmas, Caleb? Oh, it was good. I I did. I was a naughty <laughs> I feel boy. Like a small man on my shoulder. Yeah. How was Christmas, Jay? How can you have Jay? Thanks, buddy. Scratch your, scratch, scratch your good, head. Good guy. Ah. All right. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, it was good. I, I was a naughty boy and I, I flew home, but I was very safe. My mother gets tested weekly for her job. And so if she were to get sick, we would all know. And that, the whole house would probably get sick because my whole family's a bunch of introverts. Well, and if anybody cares about that, write it down on a post-it and then wrinkle it up <laughs> and throw it in the garbage can. <laughs> Give yeah. it to God. That's, That's what right. I'm saying. It, it was pretty sweet flying, though, because I got a whole road of myself flying out there and then a seat uh in between like myself and class. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty cool. So yeah, it was good. Nice Christmas. See the family. Very nice. Yes, yes, yes. Well, I hope all of you had a good Christmas. Christmas Eve and uh, birthdays, etc. If you had one like me, you know, Jay, a handful of the people who are on right now contributed to your Christmas. Well, that's what gift. I was going to say. Oh, is yeah. uh, last night Caleb sent me an email. And he sent me a text saying there was a Christmas gift in the email, and I hate email. Like, I feel like email is almost like a fax machine to me, and because <laughs> yeah. I'm so ahead of the time. That's why I texted you to tell you that it was there, because <laughs> so I knew you wouldn't know otherwise. So then I was flipping, then I was going through just randomly, and I was like, oh, gosh, Caleb said there was something for me there. And uh, a bunch of you guys got together and made a recording for me, wishing me Merry Christmas and telling me what I meant to you. And it was the nicest Christmas gift I've, one of the nicest Christmas gifts I've ever gotten, mm. you know. Um, I'm going to put put Caleb in charge of my retirement party <laughs> when that day comes because, you know, I was very touched. Mm. And uh, I was also told uh, that I have uh, very UK humor, <laughs> which is the ultimate comment, com- compliment <laughs> and comment for me. Uh, it was very nice. And the music, I felt like he snuck into my phone and, Spill it off. There. I listen to you when you talk, Jay. You do when you talk about what music you like. I'm going to start testing you. I really like Journey, man. Journey's oh man! Awesome. Oh no! Oh, what a feeling! <laughs> I don't even know if that's Journey, but I guess. So yeah, so that was awesome. Um, I've seen a lot of you on Instagram. Seeing your stuff on Instagram, it's been great. So that's been good. But here we are, folks. Um, the end of 2020, right? I mean. Friday. Feels good to be ending it, I think. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to like write 2020 off yeah. completely because I think Janu- January and February and March were pretty cool. You know, just like reg- our last few months of normal life, I think uh, probably forever, honestly. Right, yeah. Um, end of an era. An end of an era. Yeah. And those were good times. Um, I'm not going to get excited about 2021 because I know that there's going to be, I mean, I'm going to work, we're going to work our asses off for revolution for 2021. Yes, we we're are. trying to give you the best damn online church you've ever seen. Um, 
but uh, yeah, you know, I think we all still have to be patient. And that's what we're going to actually talk about today, so that's good. Um, a little bit about what we've been through and what we're going through and what we're dealing with and what that does. Um, so yeah, let's, let's get into it, shall we? Um, I'm in book, the book of James. This is the first time I can tell people I know where I'm going, going to be, what I'm going to be speaking on for the next five weeks. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's right. So in five weeks, I'll be doing a Galatians series. Mm -hmm. So you all should be reading Galatians, getting ready to push back on me. Maybe you'll find some secrets to Galatians (laughs) that I have not found. So the first first time in years I've been able to, every year that's what I do at the beginning of the year, so that's why I can announce that. But if you are following along, great. If you're not, great. But we're going to be in the book of James, my favorite book in the Bible. <laughs> um, not really. I've had a, like, I guess everybody have struggled with James, but I'm keeping it in. I'm keeping it in the Bible. Wow. Hot takes. Yeah. Um, James is staying in. I don't like what he says about doubt. I'm not going to lie. Um, and I guess I haven't seen Fred Knowlton pop up yet, but... I know he listens, so I'd like to thank Fred Knowlton for uh, sending me a Christmas card with a McDonald's gift certificate Ooh, in it. So good one. He's been paying for my breakfast, and uh, I'm nice. loving it. <laughs> ba da ba ba ba. <laughs> and you've got the the uh, sponsored hat on too. You've got the yellow McDonald's yeah, hat, the golden one. <laughs> yeah, got that free with my Happy Meal this morning. Right, right. Um, so, Book of James. Starts off with James saying, um, James, a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ to the 12 tribes in dispersation greetings. And he says, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of any kind, consider it nothing but joy because you know that testing of your faith produces endurance and let endurance have its full effect so that you may be mature and complete lacking in nothing and one of the things i like about this idea of i've always liked this verse um mostly because my life has been full of trials you know uh i've been talking to a few people about 2020 and i'm like really for me 2018 was my dark year um you know i've had a few dark years 2007 when my mom passed away um probably 89 when my dad went to prison 87 when the scandal happened 1975 when i was born um the last one was kind of a joke um but yeah so it was uh i've had a lot of trials and tribulations in my life and, and mental health always brings a lot of that too but this idea of learning to endure through things and the idea that you may be mature and complete, lacking in nothing. And so often I think we, we you know, suffering is, I just suffering is such a, a unique thing. And we've all had to suffer through this together, even though half of the world, half of this country, I mean, half of this country acted different, another half acted another way. It was all still extreme obvious ways of speaking out and making their suffering or whatever, you know, public. 
and we all went through have gone through this together. Um, I think about a lot of you single parents with and just parents alone who have school kids age, you know, or kids with special learning needs and things like that and having to teach them every day, hold a job down. You know, a lot of us are out of work and not getting paid. Caleb's right now like looking for work and there's nothing available. Um, the country's in a bad place. Uh, but one of the things that I've found for me that has made me a competent, semi-successful communicator is by sharing my pain with others. And over time with, you know, growing up, good friendships uh, and, and great uh, therapy, uh, I've learned endurance and I've learned to endure through things. Even when times get hard now, I, I can sit through them and, and see them for what they are and uh, see what I can get out of out of those 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 issues, those suffering, those hard times, and learn to endure. And I think this is an interesting thing when the whole world has had to suffer, and a lot of you've lost loved ones, and uh, which has just been tragedy. And, and you know, and I've lost loved ones uh, before, and I know what that tragedy does and what it can do to us. But I also know it can. In some ways, we can allow our hearts to be hardened and push it down. But I feel like when we push down these, the suffering, we're not really learning to endure. You know, we're in denial. And so that denial pushes down those pains. And those pains usually come out in defense mechanisms and find other ways to express themselves that usually aren't the most um, productive things for our lives. And so I think when we hear people like James or St. Paul or even Jesus talking about endurance, you know, he's saying going through the suffering. Um, I can't remember. I think it was one of our – was it Winston Churchill said that when you're going through hell, keep walking? Yeah. Yeah. And, um, and, and so that's the type of thing I think we, we, we've got to learn to do is to go through suffering and to share one another's burdens you know, to share in one another's sufferings um, in a productive way so we can grow together. And I think that's why this past year there's been so much of, of, of talk at Revolution about how do we argue well, you know, how do we disagree well, how do we have hard conversations, you know, because we're all going through hell and we all have our own opinion of how it's supposed to be and it's really easy for us to write each other off. But when we have tough conversations, what we're literally learning is endurance and patience and how to humanize the other. And so by, by having that gift, which I'm starting to believe, I, you know, I thought about what is grace outside of the supernatural? You know, what, is, what is grace outside of unmerited favor? And, and what does that look like? And for me, it looks like humanizing the other. Uh, seeing each other's humanity, even in the midst of disagreement. And sometimes the only time we can share, especially in this age with everything being online, Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and all that stuff, the only way we can really see one another's humanity is by sitting down and, and, and having a conversation, whether it's on Zoom or in the park having a cup of coffee, even on the phone, you know, those are great ways right now to to recognize the other's humanity. 
through good communication. It's when we cut off communication and we speak at people rather than speak to people or listen. Uh, we, we, we are not learning to endure. So even grace for me is re- the recognition, the recogni- recognition, <laughs> recognition, the recognition of humanity, of all people's humanity. And, um, which leads to tough conversations, which leads to endurance. But once you've had one or two or three or four tough conversations, what I found in my own experience and with the help of therapy and the help of reading great books and great friends, but is I've learned that each situation gets easier. It even gets easy for me when someone writes me off straight to my face to go, okay, all right, well, you know, maybe we'll talk later. You know, like literally just like even that moment is just saying like, and I don't live in it. Like I'm going to, I'm going to give myself grace, you know, love God with all your heart, love equally important, love God, your neighbor as yourself. But how do you love your neighbor if you don't love yourself idea? So even loving myself and giving myself grace not to sit on it, because what I realize is by sitting and stewing in my brain, it changes nothing. You know, what good does it do? And ultimately what, what damage does it do when people are upset at you? You Mm -hmm. know, I mean, maybe if you get canceled or something like that, but to dwell on that and to think about it. And to let it live there, you know, I mean, disagreements are just part of life. And to focus on that and allow that to be something that's damaging isn't enduring. So what we do is we learn to endure, accept things, let things go when we have to, and confront things when they're important. So to me, that's that type of endurance and that constant recognition recognition of humanity. And, you know, for some some relationships in my life will be enduring, I will be enduring through them for the rest of my life. You know, like I'll never see eye to eye with particular people. Mm-hmm. And, um, but the more I become comfortable with myself, the more I practice enduring those situations and those things, the easier it gets. And I think that's when we see the, uh, you, you mature and complete lacking in nothing. You know, um, I saw a lot of things as like, if, if you let someone, if you hate someone, you know, if you resent someone, you know, if you're giving them control in your life, right. they have control over you. Mm-hmm. And so learning to let that go mm-hmm. and not let anyone have control over your thoughts or your mind. Now, it's, that's a hard, it's a hard thing to do. I mean, I'll say I've had to go through a lot of therapy and have a lot of deep conversations with people um, to get there. Mm-hmm. But I'm there at 45 and I'm grateful that I'm there. So mm-hmm. you have something to think about. It's like that expression, like, uh, uh, I've heard it said before, for someone that you dislike so much, you're giving them an awful lot of control over your emotions. You yeah, know? or, you know, don't rent free space exactly. in your brain, that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. Yep. Yeah, yep. you know, it's, it's, it's uh, easy to do. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I, I think learning to endure through this stuff is, is important. Now, as we endure through this year, and we have to carry one another's burdens, I mean, you know, I blow off steam too, you know. I mean, I get upset. I was upset when I found out we were getting six hundred dollars for a for, 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 for the relief fund or <laughs> the stimulus check. You know, I was like, really? Like, is this six hundred bucks? Like, where? Who is it? I mean, this. What is this doing? You know. And one of the things that kind of gave me hope is to see the the 
the angry, the equal anger between with 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 Democrats and Republicans, both equally making fun and making memes and putting them online. I'm mm-hmm. like, oh, there's my conservative friend really upset about it. Oh, there's my really liberal friend really upset about it. And I'm like, this is what we needed to unite, you know? <laughs> yeah, we need uh-huh. Congress to screw us, you know, and <laughs> common enemy. Yeah, a scapegoat. That's what we need, Jay. <laughs> Congress is pretty good at it. Um, at not getting anything done. <clears throat> But yeah, so we 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 uh, you know got a chance to be upset about that and blow off steam and deal with that. Um, hold on, I'm just looking up Romans in the Bible. That's where we're going to be next. We're going to be in Romans 15. There it is. Um, and another thing with tolerance is what always reminds me of tolerance too. And this is a silly way to look at it, but um. You know, it's when you do something over and over again. And when I was a teenager, I drank a lot. And everybody's like, oh, man, you've got no tolerance, you know. And I remember, like, always drinking, like, really heavy and blacking out and things like that with the idea that I would get tolerant. <laughs> have a tolerance. Oh, could, it's a project you're working on. It was on. a project yeah. I was working on. Yeah, you're bettering yourself. Okay, got it. step program. Mm-hmm. Um, that threw your project off, Yeah, huh? I kept... <laughs> Kept making it higher and higher. I kept, <laughs> I kept moving the goalpost. Well, yeah. <laughs> um, You're challenging yourself, you know. You're yeah, pushing you build, the limit. You build up a tolerance for that, or like spicy food. When I was in my 20s, I mm. could eat anything. On, I mean, I, me and my friends would go and we talk about endorphins and all this stuff, and go to Thai restaurants and be like, "I want Thai hot. I want as, what you think is hot." You yeah, know what yeah, I mean? yeah. And we sit there and eat and be like, "Ah." <laughs> yeah. Now, if I get like a little pepper i'm like oh this is spicy um because my tolerance came down so it is one of these things that you have to continuously work on uh endurance to endure through life and through these things and uh life is changing and i mean we don't have many more many choices but to endure and so i guess that's why i wanted to share some verses on endurance today just to kind of think encourage you all like this is possible um i i mean living in biblical times in Rome uh, must have been hellacious, you know, and how much you had to rely on the other. Um, If you went on a journey, you had to rely on strangers to feed you or you would die, you know, Um, and them not to kill you or beat you and steal stuff from you. You know, it was was this constant struggle to endure and move forward. And a lot of us are there right now. So in Romans uh, 15... It says, uh, we who are strong ought to put up with the failings of the weak and not to please ourselves. Now, I wasn't even thinking about this verse. Actually, when I wrote it down, because I just wrote it down quickly, but I threw in the one. I threw in one, and I think I was going to skip it. But I do like the idea of even learning to endure through the weak with those who are weaker, those who hold different opinions than us. Um. And and sometimes not going at ta- not going to task, not going toe to toe with them, not wasting our energy mm. often on people who you know because there are you know there are a lot of people who are a lot more paranoid and 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 feeling completely discombobulated right now and are scared to leave the house 
or afraid to do anything, you know, and there's some of us who are like, yeah, I'm just gonna throw my mask on, go to the other place. And then there's other people who are like, I'm not going to even wear a mask. You know, I don't uh-huh. care. And I don't know if they completely understand what it is, but everybody has a different way of doing it, you know? And what I've tried to do is respect people's boundaries mm-hmm. through this ordeal, you know? Um, and I think that's an important message from, from our, 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 our friend Paul. Each of us must, ple- uh, must please our neighbor for the good purpose of building up the neighbor. That's pretty interesting, right? For Christ did not please himself, but as it is written, the insults of those when insults, what he says, the insults of those who insult you have fallen on me. And I think this is interesting too, is that Christ is, is, is Christ suffered Christ was insulted. Christ was felt like an atheist. God, my God, why have you forsaken me on the cross? And he's saying, you know, you're not alone in this. Um, and I like this part. Um, you know, for Christ did not please himself. You know, and I think that's interesting. You know, I think often some people are just like, this is how I live and this is how I'm going to do it. And, and and I've always been, you know, like I've always been more of a political person about like, how does it help this group of people rather than how does this help me? You know what I mean? So that's more of my, always been my more thought of politics is more of the group than the individual. Um, but you know, anyway, that's here, there, here, nor there, I guess. I mean, it's kind of part of it, but But how do we please our neighbor? How do we respect our neighbor? How do we respect those we disagree with? But it goes on. This is the part I really wanted to write. Read. For whatever was written in, in former days was written for our instruction, so that by steadfastness and by the encouragement of the scriptures we might have hope. May the God... <clears throat> May the God of steadfastness and encouragement grant you to live in harmony with one another in accordance with Christ Jesus, so that together you may with one voice glorify God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, let's just kind of take the glass, the religious glasses off for a second. And um, But the idea of saying steadfast and encouraging grant you to live in harmony with one another to accordance with whatever. But the idea of you know, stay steadfast and stay encouraging, you know. So with endurance, I think, comes a steadfastness. I think it comes an idea of, you know, this whole concept in the Bible of loving our enemies and loving those we disagree with and enduring that, but even to the point of finding the common ground where we can encourage, where we can go the extra mile. Um, cause so many folks need that right now. You know, I think, I think you're going to see people's politics and thoughts and ideas shift a lot. You know, I'm starting to see people who are on one side shift to another and from another side to the other. I mean, I, I can't say that it's like, Oh, everybody's turning liberal. No, I see. I've had friends who've become conservatives because they're like, I can't stand liberal politics and woke politics anymore. I've seen friends who can't stand either side. I mean, I, that's kind of where I'm at. You know, I'm just really disillusioned with the whole really capitalism in general. Um, we've mixed, I mean, mixing capitalism with healthcare does make zero sense to me. Um, so this idea is that we step back, you know, 
and realize that people are changing, shifting, and growing, and and learning how to endure themselves, and learning life lessons themselves, and how are we friends along the way? You know, I, I know another friend of mine who, you know, they found out some friends of ours um, did did late vaccines for their kids, and so they said, okay, I'm not going to be friends with them anymore. And I'm like, well, you know, they just, you know, they're not anti-vaxxers. They're just, they're late vaxxers. And you're like, nope, can't be friends with them anymore. And they had this kind of concept in some of their relationships that if they don't line up exactly this way. And and to me, the cost was greater because of the relationships they lost because their unwillingness to endure through some sort of difference. You know, some sort of different type of disagreement. Like mm. there was no disagreeing well. There was no hard conversations. It was just writing somebody off. Mm-hmm. And you don't grow from that. You don't learn like, why did you come to this conclusion? You know, what mm. were you thinking? You know, why? You know, nothing. You know, you just assume like, oh, they're crazy and they must have heard something crazy online and just didn't and decided to be late vaccinators. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know that's a pretty hot button, but just writing people off for no reason to me is or for small, small situations like that is not going to create a community. And I think what we're realizing is with the government being so strange right now and obviously not having probably a lot of our best interests in mind, um, you know, we need each other. You know, we need the community, and I don't think we should allow that machine to tear us apart. And I think the endurance should allow us to build community. And allow us to be patient and kind with one another. I mean, I think if you read Corinthians 13, especially 4 through 7, of like, love never gives up, never loses hope, never loses faith, endures, endures, through, all, things, endures yeah. all things. Yep. Yeah. Um, and the New Living said, endures through every circumstance. I always liked that because it was like, kind of just like, so like, every circumstance, mm. like all things, you're like, yeah, all things, every mm. circumstance, every circumstance, yeah, right. like that one too, and that one, yeah. It goes through that love goes through those circumstances it's not in the business of of othering people it's not in the business of writing people off um and you know when i when i find people that i can sit down with and and communicate me me and me and pete you know um obviously belfast is his home and i feel like belfast is my home away from home i love belfast I love, 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 love Belfast. I, that's one day I, I really do plan on like leaving when my kids are grown and going and just staying. Um, but uh, so look out, Belfast. Mm. Um, but yeah, so so this idea of uh, you know we were talking just both kind of grieving the idea of like oh man this year is so tough and we've had to redo every or all of our work and. You know, it's not easy to make it. And what is what? I mean, what are we going to look like in a year? What's the country going to look like in a year? You know, I mean, what's going to happen if 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 the rich just keep getting richer and we just keep getting poorer, and, and the middle class keeps getting poorer, and we all keep going down? And then there's this huge just like group that runs the country of real wealthy people. I know it sounds crazy, but the Most more I see it, the clearer it becomes that this very well could happen. I mean, when you look at just like you know the few million billionaires that we have in this in this world and and the fact that they don't pay any taxes is mind-boggling. Yeah. The thing is, it, it um, has happened before, and it does happen, you know? Yeah. Like, it happens. So it could happen here. Yeah. And, 
you know, but the thing is, was we were kind of grieving through that and we were both in shock and amazement. You know, we didn't have it figured out. We didn't have a plan. He didn't have some philosophy that was going to cure it or fix it. You know, I didn't obviously have any ideas that would fix it. And we just kind of, you know, and there's things we agree on and disagree on. And we had some great conversations, but it was just kind of having someone to relate to and to kind of hurt with and things like that, you know, to grieve with, to lean on, you know, and some of you folks are those folks to do that with me on Instagram and in the, in the DMS, you know, we, we talk about this stuff and, and we're all in different places and, um, but we're going to need endurance. We're going to need to be strong. And I think if anything, this year has taught us is how to endure when life throws us a curveball. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. and we've all been able to learn this together. And that's pretty interesting because it's just something that I don't think has ever happened in the world when media was like this, where the whole world went through something together, yeah. where it caused everyone, mostly everyone, except for the very rich, <laughs> to, to kind of lose something and uh, to have to learn how to really figure out what community is at the same time, not even being able to go into a normal community of like, you know, I can't really go down to the bookstore mm-hmm. You know, just off of a whim and spend 30 minutes around other people, you know. So it's tough. So I wanted to kind of, we'll go into a talk here in a minute, but I also wanted to jump back in Romans. We're going to go backwards in Romans for a minute to uh, Romans 8. There it is. And and so I guess this is where I, I, I get more spiritual. But we can also have a radical reading of this, too, and, and back off. But let's just look at this all together. Yeah, Romans eight thirty five. Who will separate us from the love of Christ? Will hardship or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? As it is written, for your sakes, we are being killed all, all day long. We're accounted as sheep to be slaughtered. And, you know, this is coming from Paul, and this is a very true statement. You know, this is someone who's like, yeah, we are all being killed. Jesus was killed. No one's being being not persecuted in our lives at this point. And he goes on to say, um, No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life nor angels nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, not heights, nor depths, not anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God. Mm-hmm. And this is one of my mom's favorite verses. You know, she loved this verse. <clears throat> and... It's very easy just to make this a very naive, like, oh, that's an old scripture from the Bible. That's very naive. You know, I mean, it's so easy to write this off. It really would be easy. I mean, it's easy for me to look at it, but yeah, right. Um, But, you know, often the question is asked, what do I love when I love my God? And, you know, I don't know what God is anymore. And so for me, you know, rather than just loving being the ground of being, um, for me has always been the other. Mm-hmm. What do I love when I love my God? I love others. Yep. 
and I don't love others that I just that are easy to love or that I want to love, but I love others who aren't easy to deal with and who aren't easy there, and those who have even caused humiliation and hurt and pain in my life. I try to take the high road. Um, I didn't put it up for Christmas. I almost put it up for Christmas. My mom made a photo book for me in 2001, and I was going to put the note up, not the whole book. She wrote this note. She cut the photos out and did all these cute little things, and they're all saying stuff and you know making jokes about my dad. I mean, it's really it was hilarious. It was really great. It was totally my mom. Um, you know, but she goes, "Oh, honey, I love you so much. I love the blah 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 you've chosen and what you're doing." You know, but she said, "Always remember to walk, take the higher road." You know, always take the high road at the end. And I thought that is so my mom. And that is so what I've tried to learn from the Gospels and from the Bible and from religion. Um, and, and it's honestly what I've been trying to learn from, like, Todd McGowan, who writes about Hegel, who's got me really interested in Hegel. Um, and the reason I, I'm attracted to Hegel is because I feel like Hegel has this idea of this common ground that we work on, even though we're all in conflict. You know, we're not all one, and we're not all from the trees and nature, but we're all in conflict you know we're all we're all um contradictions you know we all have contradictions but we still love one another within these contradictions knowing that we ourselves are contradictions and and i really like that idea and so when i see that as if i'm loving god as me loving the other or loving my neighbor as myself if that's how i love god or by the things i communicate here at revolution you know and, and then i look at this and go then you know, who will separate me from the love of Christ? Well, hardship. And it's going, no, even through hardship, I'm going to do my best to love the other. Because I know others have loved me through my own hardships, you know. And so now, even when I'm feeling down or feeling hurt, you know, it's like being a parent. Um, I mean, in some ways, you know, I'm a, I'm a co-parent. And so I have parent my kids 50% of the time. And my ex has the kids 50% of the time. You know, in some ways, I'm kind of lucky because I get those few days to kind of pull myself back together because being an introvert parent is so weird because even your little love bugs drain your energy um but being a parent is a great example of that is that there's times when your kids are upset there's times where your kids have breakdowns a few uh, a week or two ago milo just got really angry for no reason you know and i didn't know what to do and he went and he went to his room and he laid down on his bed and wouldn't talk and i was like buddy what's wrong he's like nothing nothing I'm like, buddy, seriously, you know, it's dad. You can tell me anything. There's nothing, you know, I'm the very, the super cool open parent. Tell me anything. Nothing will make you love you any less. Like I'm like pulling scriptures out. I'll endure through every circumstance. I made this up. I wrote this about you. Um, but still he just needs, he just needed to be alone. So you know what yeah. I had to do is I had to like turn the light off, close the door, and give them 15 minutes. Mm -hmm. And it's tough. Or when kids have meltdowns or they fight over, like, what they're going to watch or what they're going to play with, you know, or why, you know. You know, but you just learn to say that this is those things aren't going to separate me from my love of my children, you know. I mean, I'd go as far as say if my child grew up and became a serial killer, I'd still be visiting my child every week in prison loving them, you know. And uh, and it gives us this 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 pos- the possibility of love, the possibility of humanity. And I'm not saying you have to love everyone like your children, but what I'm saying is is it, it, it does show you that love gives you this gift to endure. That love and endurance play that you know that they're friends and that they require one another.
and that, you know, hardships or meltdowns or distress or, you know, does not, you know, it's, I don't hate my kids or love my kids any less if one hits the other for no reason. You know, we sit down and we talk about it, mm-hmm. but I still love them. Even when they're wrong, I still love them. That does not change. And um, so I'm not saying we're all going to grasp hands and sing, you know, hands across America or kumbaya, you know, or, you know, get in the studio and we are the world. Um, But I like this idea where Paul is saying we're more than conquerors. You know, here's Paul, a guy who is more than likely wrapped in animal skin and thrown into a to an arena and eaten by wolves of some sort limb to limb you know he's been beaten and stoned and you know all these things but he knew this concept of this idea of love i think that's why i love martin luther king jr so much is because he had been beaten down and 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 hurt and eventually killed but he knew the idea of love and that love even his enemies were seen as victims you know and i think that allows you to endure until someone says you know maybe until someone if someone kills you obviously you're not going to endure that um, but look at how much his life loving that way has endured. You know, there's a black Baptist preacher statue in Washington, D.C. You know, his life endures even when he does not endure. His message endures. And so when we're going through this craziness of 2020, I think there's something greater there. And that's what I always want to pull out of. I think that's what I'm honestly trying to always pull out of everybody is I think we all have this bit of leadership within us that we don't always have to sit on the sidelines, you know, even if the world tells us we do, even if the media says, you know, you're just this small thing and insignificant. I, I just don't believe that. I believe we all can be a spark that changes the world. I really do. Or, you know, or you might just be that spark that changes, changes the other person who makes that difference. But I think we all play such an important role in that, you know, and so I think this type of growing and enduring and helping and reaching out to one another is not thinking that you're insignificant. Um, ah, this seems really hard. Yeah, that's why it's called endurance. You know, that's why when people go on, I'm, I'm, I'm running from, to get my endurance. You know, it's, it's an endurance run. You know, so that, if it's an endurance run, it doesn't mean it's going to be an easy run. Mm-hmm. It means your body is going to fight you and you're going to fight your body right. to get where you're going. So anyway push until it gives out yeah i mean push till you can't push anymore um but but what paul is telling us and what james is telling us is to to allow those moments of pain allow those moments of loss to allow those moments of suffer suffering not to be something that we push down or that we run from but something that we try to learn to embrace and face and maybe even look at for reasons why they, are, why they affect us the way they do so we can grow and so we become stronger and so we can help other people endure through this. So we can sometimes be the rock that someone leans on, that we can be the parent in certain relationships. Um, I'm not saying we have to be people's parents, but you know what I'm saying. We're, we're, we're going to be a consistent, uh, a consistent friend. You know, even when we disagree, that's the great thing about real friendship, really beautiful friendship, is you don't have to agree. You know, you can yeah. challenge each other and, and, and argue well and, and then be like, all right, well, you don't agree on that. I don't agree on that. You know, let's save this conversation for another time down the road. Yep. 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 You know, and uh, so I think if this year is, is, has been a call for us to do anything, 
It's to endure and to adapt to live in a new way. And I feel like that's, to me, what the Bible's always been about, is about how do I endure, how do I adapt, um, how do I live in this unknowing thing called faith, and, um, you know, what is the example here? And the example keeps coming back to me loving other people, not putting people in categories, but loving everyone. And uh, yep. that's been really interesting, and, and it's really tough. So that's my encouragement today is is just continue to endure. I think we're going to have to do it probably for another year um, from what I hear from the medical experts and, and what I've seen in, in the news. But uh, I wish next week was going to be just the end all. You know, it's New Year's Eve and everything's fine. Right. But I'm not sure that's – I'm not – I know that's not going to happen. So, right. you know, I guess what I want to do is encourage you to not give up. You know, mm-hmm. and I guess as my mom used to say, you can make it, you know, mm-hmm. and one of the times, you know, she used to sing, you can make it <laughs> on the PTL club. And, uh, years later we were talking about it and, uh, I went to go see her speak at a church and I ended up using this line later, but she said, you know, when we were at PTL, when we were at Heritage USA, we used to s- say, you can make it. And she said, I always said that, and she was about to sing the song. She's like, you know, I always said that probably out of faith because we had a lot. We were comfortable. She's like, but now living the life that I've lived and going through the tough times that I've gone through, now I'm able to say you can make it and sing you can make it, not just from that this is just hope, but this is from experience, you know. So what I used to say in faith, now I say in experience. And that's pretty amazing when your faith that's like, all of a sudden comes down here and becomes experience that it's not about hope. It's Mm -hmm. not about the Bible. It's not a hopeful book. It's a book that I, I don't have to tell you hopefully about. It's something that I can tell you I've experienced and I've lived through and that I've come out the other side, a person who can endure things and stand with things and love others. Well, so today my message would not just be argue well, but my message would be love well and love yourself well. So, Let's open that up for uh, Afterglow. Cool. That was really great, Jay. I got a lot out of that, man. Thank you so much for sharing that. Um, wow, yeah. Cool. So I'll start with what uh, with some comments that we've got here. And then if we need some filler, I, do, I have a lot of thoughts swarming around in my head. But let's see what we got here. Um, so our friend Roberta chimed in with um with some wise words she said enduring life's challenges suffering domestic violence surviving cancer twice surviving the death of my son and other tragedies i've encountered my faith has gotten stronger at each point my whole attitude now is i can endure anything thrown at me whatever the outcome i know i'll be fine I think that that goes towards what you were just saying, Jay, about faith becoming experience. Because Roberta had to start out that adventure or all those adventures with faith that she would make it through. And then once she makes it through, it probably becomes easier because it's like, oh, my faith paid off. Like, you know, I have the experience now. I can point back and say this is a solid, real thing that happened. And And also there's times where you hear people say like, well, I don't have faith anymore because A, B, or C happened to me. And I think we can also... Like, understand that as well. Yeah. Or I do have faith because, yeah. you know, A, B, and C happened yeah. to me. Yeah. Totally. 
And then uh, Roberta also did say, uh, love starts when you love yourself, which I think just is kind of reinforcing that whole idea of, you know, uh, love your, how do I love my God by loving my neighbor? How do I love my neighbor by loving myself? You know, yeah. it all comes back to loving yourself and really loving yourself. Um, and that's kind of, a, I'm, I'm going to actually take advantage of that as a little segue that kind of presented itself. I didn't even plan this, but um, how Bible, the Bible uses a lot of language about um, pleasing your neighbor, but then in our context with our, with how our language has developed, we, we talk about not being people pleasers. And I think it's a really important distinguisher. It's an important line to draw. Like being a people pleaser is not synonymous with pleasing your neighbor, your neighbor, you know, and the Bible talks about you need to please your neighbor and not please yourself. Right. But, but yeah. I think we can get confused with that language sometimes because uh, we, I think it is a sin quote unquote, it is missing the mark to be a people pleaser, right? you know, but uh but I know that for, for me, it's really important to remind myself that that's a different thing. You know, yeah, I can no. serve others and love my neighbor without being a people pleaser. I would say you have to. Yes, I mean, exactly. people pleasing devastated my life, and I think it devastated my marriages. Yeah, right. Yeah. And that's something, man, that, that you've really helped me learn a lot is is uh, recognizing when I'm being a people pleaser, or trying to recognize when I'm being a people pleaser. It's something that I'd like to talk about at Revolution sometime, but I don't think I fully grasp it well enough to to put it into a talk yet. But anyhow, uh, and then April chimed in and said, great advice from your mom. My wife is incredible with taking the high road in the most difficult of times. I've had to mature a lot to learn this lesson, something I hope we can teach our kids. Yeah, I mean, sometimes I almost think like people are like, oh, how do you become a leader? And they're like, I'll give you 10 steps to becoming a leader, you know? And for me, one of the things I've realized in my own life is leadership has, has come from that simple mantras from my mom, you know, like take the high road, yeah. you know, don't get bitter, you know, um, don't have regrets. Don't let life be full of regrets, you know, and see what you learn from those situations. And I, I really feel like that's helped me in, in leadership is, is just to like, okay, you know. I want to, I don't, I also want to be examples to my neighbors, you know, it's not just, it's for me, but it's also for others. And taking that higher ground has been kind of like that double, the double blessing. Yeah. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And then when, when you model taking the high ground, then it it is, uh, you know, helping your neighbor because it's just doing a favor to people to, to, to model that behavior. It helps others. It really does. It helps me. Um, uh, I was going to let you know, Jay, Fred Nelson is now here. Oh, he yeah. Him really, he, he did come. So he walks through the door. <laughs> hey, brother, see you back there. Um, let's see. That, those are all the specific comments thus far. But besides some nice feedback for you, Jay, April also said it was a great message. And Cheryl loves your phrasing of uh, experienced faith or, you know, faith. Yeah, I can, see your, I can see your comment right there. Yep. Yeah, and I, I, I really love that, too. R-rated. Mm-hmm. Do you know that uh, Sly and the Family Stone song, You Can Make It If You Try? I did not know that. I use that as outro music for this, song, for this episode. Um, I guess I can kind of look through some of my notes while we wait for anybody else to, to chime in with any comments or questions. Uh, that, that passage in Romans 8 is really great. And I know that that's why uh, Brian Odland, uh, he's, or he cites that verse a lot about why he's a universalist or why he doesn't believe in, in hell as eternal punishment is because, uh, you know, n- nothing can separate us from the love of God. Right. Not, you know, not even the, isn't there, 
isn't there some translations that say not even the gates of hell or something like yep, that? Yeah. That's the new living says that. Yeah. Uh, so, so yeah, that's, uh, that's obviously a very, very powerful verse. And I'm not, I'm not saying that that is necessarily the correct interpretation of that verse. I'm just saying that if it can, uh, you know, change someone's mind on the existence of hell. Yeah. Then it's obviously going to be a Fred was saying he forgot the time difference. Fred, I just gave you a shout out for the McDonald's card you sent me for Christmas. <laughs> you provided this coffee and the iced tea that I'm drinking. Cause I'm, caffeinated for service today. <laughs> Highly caffeinated J. Got your J juice. Um, it's interesting to me, too, that it always kind of seems to come back to this idea when, when we take these radical approaches to reading um, verses that sometimes affect our doctrine like this. Uh, it always seems to come back to this idea of God in the other, or God in the neighbor. And and that's just a radical idea, is, is that therefore the enemy is Christ, you know, or the other is Christ. Yeah. The neighbor is Christ. The neighbor is the other. The neighbor is the enemy. And, you know, well, you know, who's my enemy, my neighbor, or, you know, who's the, who's the neighbor? Oh, the Samaritan or the, you know, the person right. who we thought was a, 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 a dirt bag. Um, and that's just, it's, it just flips things on, on its head. And I, I, I think that's what radical readings do and critical thinking just kind of flips things over. Um, I think we could leave it at that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think so. Well, everyone, thank you. Happy holidays. Um, I want to thank everybody again for helping us make our um, GoFundMe so we can get all the new material and um, all the new camera and the new microphones and the new computer and then mm-hmm. help Caleb pay his rent. Paying rent this month because of you. So you. just want to thank everybody for that. Yes. And um, say Merry Christmas and have a Happy New Year. Uh, whatever you're doing, I'm sure there will be lots of funny pictures on Instagram of what people are doing for New Year's. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no New Year's kisses. Yeah. Stay safe <laughs> and uh, we'll see you guys next week. I'll see you next year. Yeah. <laughs>